minus 20 seconds. The Dream 3 Podcast, back in your life. Caleb here with Neil. This is episode 14. We're excited to be back. It's been uh, been a week. Took a week off. Um, back at it. A lot of stuff going on in our lives, but we got to watch a lot of football yesterday. A lot of good stuff. Neil's Rams actually fell to the Cardinals, and the Colts somehow yeah. picked up a win with the Dolphins, so I'm fine with that, but... You know, I think this podcast, Neil, is definitely going to be more sports card related, which is what most people, you know, come to us for. Um, but first off, let's take a look at or no, let's take a look and talk about your sports card collection currently. Obviously, we are still in the game used autos department. Hey, you're trying to move that Rob Gronkowski. You got any bites yet? I had a few on eBay. I was trying to get the guy off eBay so that way I wouldn't have to deal with all the fees and crap so understandable but if it doesn't work out i mean eBay's it eBay. doesn't <clears throat> it doesn't but you know i, I texted you today that. i was able to pick up a nice little uh sean alexander game use patch auto from flawless and also a uh mark jackson you know even though it's in a knicks jersey obviously from india we're from indiana um would love to see him in a pacer jersey but you know when i think of mark jackson the knicks come to mind also so um, it was a nice patch it's got some dirt on it some, it does some sweat yeah. Is there anything out there that you're seeing right now that is kind of, you know, catching your eye that you want to go after? Um, yeah, I told you about the Ricky Williams. I showed you that picture, didn't I? No. The Ricky Williams flawless. I hope it's not the one that I bought last night. No, it's on bids. It's okay. six days left on it. I was going to, cause I was going to text you a picture of a Ricky Williams flawless patch auto out of 10 that I bought last night. Saints. Yes. Hmm. This yes. one is a dolphin. That's a good one too. But you know, we we scour OG eBay. We, yeah, we scour eBay. You know, all the time trying to find these. You see some great patches like that uh, Jonathan Taylor patch of the Jaguars head. Um, I got one. Oh, one I haven't seen. Oh, that Rob Gronk. Is that your Gronk? Yeah, that's the one I bought. I overpaid for it, but <laughs> got to do what you got to do. It, so. Got to do what you got to do. But hey, let's uh, thank our sponsors real quick. Obviously, Slab Savers. If you've not seen it, they have the Mega Slab Saver. There's only six left. Go to protectyourslabs.com. Not only does it hold PSA cards, but it also holds BGS and uh, top loader cards and one-touch cards. I think you fit 30-plus cards in there, which is great. Is that the 31 or is that the 100, the big boy, like 100 rack? It might actually be the 100 rack because obviously you have all your... I have the 30. I also have the 30. Um, But it might might be 100. I know they're only limited edition made. Um, I believe believe they only have less than six remaining. So if you use Dream 3 as the promo code, you get 10% off your order. Also, Graded Card Solutions. Go to gradedship.com. You know, protect your cards when you sell them. You know, that we all hate to have our stuff lost in the mail or crushed or something happened to it. And, yep. you know, you get that message back and people want refunds. So protect your shipping stuff because we can't trust the post office when we ship stuff. So Dream Super 15 gets you, get you 15% off. And finally, 
prospect cards www.prospect.cards sell your raw cards and your graded cards on there if you use referral code dream3 you get two months with zero percent seller fees after that two months is up it only goes up to five so like me and neil were talking about if you're selling buying and selling off ebay that's 12 to 13 percent on fees and we all know that we do not want to pay those fees so go check out prospect cards prospect.cards check them out follow them on instagram use them let them know let them know what you like they we had them on the podcast they're great guys they want to hear your uh your thoughts and opinions and you know we all like to make a little bit more money but back into this we have a great guest today somebody who neil has you know brought me on when i first started back into the card game um, a man who has a massive collection. Neil, if you want to take the reins on this and kind of give a little introduction on how you became friends here. Um, I think it was like t- 2020 or something. Um, I, uh, I, I had made a substantial amount of money on some like Giannis cards and then some LeBron cards and just basically my entire collection just went up more than I ever thought it would. So I was like, well, I guess it's time to sell. So I ended up coming or I ended up posting about it. And uh, Jared Yuhan came, messaged me, and we ended up working out a deal. Called him on the phone, talked to him for a little bit, um, ended up sending him my stuff. And uh, pretty much the rest is history. So Jared Yuhan is our guest. Um, I'll let him kind of do his introduction on who he is. He. He's bigger than me or Caleb or anybody else I know put together. So he's he's a he's a great guy in the hobby and he knows a lot about it. Been doing it for forever. I, I think I saw a Facebook post he posted this week about his uh his sports card shop that he started like twenty five years ago. So um I'll let I'll let him talk about that more. So all right, so we'll welcome to the podcast, Jared Yuhan. Jared. What's going on? Gents, good evening. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no problem. I so, want to talk more Rams. I want to talk more Rams football. Uh, all right, let's no, talk. No, 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 no. We don't, yeah, we have to do that. Uh, I like the Masters flag in the background there, Neil. I, I was like, yeah, right, that's look, Tiger's Masters flag 2019. Yeah, right there. I have a Masters flag hanging on my wall, too. I didn't even realize that until my, what, what is there a mirror on my computer? Does he have so? Yeah, that is one. that Tiger? That is not Tiger. That is a master's flag when my brother was down there that he got signed by Lee Elder. You're thinking, who is Lee Elder? Uh, He is the first black player to play in the Masters. Uh, 1975 was the first year that they allowed uh, black to play. So he got it signed. He thought it was pretty historic and um, got it framed and it's been hanging up ever since. So, yeah. To which I thought was really cool. And then a week later, I'm like, I really would have been fine with Tiger Woods, though, if you'd have got me that. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the greatest black golfer. The greatest uh, yes, golfer, the, period. The greatest golfer, period. And then um, uh, your Rams are going to be fine. Every team gets a butt kicking every now and again. And I yeah. know that Stafford, watching as being a lifelong Packers fan and watching Stafford in person at least once a year at Lambeau, He'll have a game where he's just kind of off. That's why the Lions didn't win a Super Bowl, but were often competitive in a lot of games. Last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost to the Saints, thirty-eight to three. Yeah, the and second what, time they played them. And, right, and, and they won the Super Bowl. 
So the best division in football, and it's not even arguable, it's not even arguable, is the NFC West. A very good San Francisco 49ers team is in last place. <laughs> so at two and that, two. That that yeah, and 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 this this you know the schlep of a Seattle team is sitting there in third. And many people who have crowned the Rams as the best team in football aren't even in first place in their division. So that division is so good, it'll produce at least two uh, playoff teams and likely three. Um, so, yeah, I don't 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 let people beat you up too much. I still if I had to play the Cardinals or the Rams tomorrow to to advance to the Super Bowl, uh, give me the Cardinals um, right now, because like you said, Tyler's can be hard to chase around. Yeah, that's um, right. That's right. Yeah. It's hard, to catch a, it's hard to catch a three-foot midget out there, leprechaun running around. With, cra- with crazy acceleration. Yeah. 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 He always <laughs> jumps into that pot of gold, and you can never find him. That <laughs> That's very true. So, uh, so Jared, yeah. if you would, for everybody, could you yeah. kind of like tell us about your card collecting journey? If they follow you on Instagram, they, they, they saw a little tidbit that you brought in that like you've been doing this literally – since a child like day one day one yeah let me yeah i'll, I'll start it off and i'll try to go as, as quickly as i can through it in chronological order i only started my instagram like in spring it's it's six months old i just kind of started it because i was on instagram and i'm like i see people doing cards i see people doing family i see people doing what they are having for dinner and then i'm like on facebook and i'm like okay facebook's gonna be the family thing and then instagram will just be cards that's all it's gonna be so like I have like you know I have my my cousin liking my post of a card and he didn't realize I was into cards or anything like that I was like really but it it all goes back uh, I'm I'm 40 uh, when I was five first pack of baseball cards mom bought it at a flea market 1986 tops I see the 88 wrapper that's on your background uh, that made me smile but it was 86 um, I asked my mom I was five years old I said who what are we getting in here because I love baseball. And uh, she goes, you and the, the guy selling me the pack says, you want to pull the Cecil Fielder rookie card, Cecil Fielder. Uh, that card books, books, remember before internet, this, that card books at $8. And as a five-year-old, that might as well have been a million. $8? Yeah, right. Open it up. Not kidding you. Pull Cecil Fielder. That was it. I was hooked. Totally was like, I'm in. <laughs> I think the guy offered me $4 to buy it back. I'm like, yeah, sell it. Four, go ahead. I just turned, and as a five-year-old, I'm like, I can turn a quarter into five, into four dollars. Like, let's let's go. It's um, like that's like twenty candy bars, right? Oh yeah. So you know, fast forward from the age of five all the way to nine. I'll move quicker. I promise. Um, I decided to open up a baseball card shop in my house because there was actually two local baseball card shops within biking distance because I'm nine from my house, and I cut the lawn. My dad paid me $3 to cut the entire lawn, front yard, backyard, the whole thing. Took me like two hours. I don't know if that was legal that rate, but he paid me $3. And I would spend all three. I mean, I'd literally get the $3 when I'm done. I'm sweating. I get on my bike. I drive down to the store and I buy cards. So I amassed what I thought was a pretty good collection. Again, no internet. People can't check what other people have. And I'm nine. I'm like, mom, I got to open a baseball card shop in the basement. Mom's never going to tell a kid he can't be an entrepreneur. She helps me make this sign. Fast forward to today. I see all these Instagrammers out there who have big time money, who have big time influence because they have big time money. And they say, oh, I've been in the card game forever. 
have you or do you just have millions that you've invested in a lot and you're trying to hype up certain things? I'm all for people that want to talk about what they think is best. But I think a lot of people follow those Instagrammers that are are doing their big flexes that show off their five and six figure cards. And all of a sudden they get a lot of followers. Next thing you know, um, they, they sprinkle in a little entrepreneurship and you have a disciple following of a Gary V or something like that. And that's fine. I'm not hating on Gary V at all, but I'm like, Whoa, everybody says they've been in the card game their whole life. How many people can prove it? Here I am. I'm like just a couple days ago. And it wasn't for this podcast. No disrespect. It wasn't. For the, I was just like, Oh, it's that throwback Thursday. People do. All right. It's not last week, Thursday. I posted on my Instagram when I started this account six months ago that, uh, and again, I only have a few hundred followers. I just started um, that I opened my first card shop when I was nine. It's been open ever since. And I had someone private message me. They're like, really? Nine? Really? So I pulled out the picture of me that says Jared's baseball card shop when I was nine years old. Uh, fast forward to 2002. At this point, I am 21 and I'm in college and I'm trying to make an extra buck. And uh, Blowout Cards started their website, and it was called BlowoutCardsCasePrices.com, and it was the ugliest thing ever. They had like a baseball. This is before the modern thing. It was, it was, it was uh, Microsoft art, like you've never seen. It was just terrible. And I, I saw they had a 2001 Upper Deck golf case. Case. It was retail for fifty dollars for the case. That's like $4 some odd cents a box. I said, I can resell these boxes on eBay for like seven bucks a box. This is what they were going for at the time. Tiger was killing it. This is 2002, but no one bought golf cards in 2002. Yeah, you had the SP Authentic stuff, but this was just Upper Deck retail golf boxes. I'm like, Dad, I want to buy 120 cases of Upper Deck golf. He goes, they're $50 a case. That's $6,000. How much money do you have? I'm 21. I'm in college. I go, I don't know, 50 bucks. He goes, okay, where are you going to, how are you going to buy 120 cases of upper deck golf? I had like my whole plan on a piece of paper. I said, no, look, if I list these on eBay and then they, they, they cost four something a box, I can sell them for seven something a box after fees and ship. There was no PayPal either. The way you were paid in 2002 and 2001 on eBay was money order, was check through the mail. So <laughs> I'd sell a box. I'd wait four or five days to get payment. Some people would send cash. How did I know it was cash? Because it was heavy. I'm like, oh, there's quarters and dimes in this envelope. What the? So I convinced my dad to go to the bank. Like we walk into the bank. He stops me at the door. He's like, if this doesn't work, it's your butt. And I said, no, I'm foolproof, Pops. No problem. It'll be fine. And um, I started listing boxes. Every day I would list five or six boxes from a full case. And every day more boxes would sell. And then someone would buy a box. And they say, can I get another one? It's like, sure. eBay was the wild west. You want to give your phone number out through eBay messages? <laughs> Whatever. I'm like, here's my phone number. Give me a call. Texting was still iffy. But yeah, give me a call. So I ended up going through the 120 cases. I turned like six grand into 7,500 over the course of four months. But I didn't care. I paid my dad back. It worked. And now he was all in. He's like, what's the next thing? 2003, 2004, this product comes out at $500 a box. It's the dumbest thing ever. It was called exquisite basketball. I was like, dad, I'm telling you right now, I need to buy three cases of this. He's like, how much are they? I go 1500 a case. He blew his lid. He goes 1500 a case. The last ones were 50 bucks a case. And you want 1500 a case. I'm like, there's all this hype about LeBron and these are awesome. I convinced him to loan me another $4,500. 
I bought three cases at $1,500 a case. I sold them at $2,200 a case like three months later. I was Nostradamus. I was like, I can do no wrong. I paid my dad back. He's like, wow, you made $700 a case. That's amazing. Remember, we didn't know now what we knew then. So if I had it all over again, I'd have still sold the cases that I bought for $1,500 for $22 because I was, this was 2004. I was 23 years old. So I was like, okay, let's, let's, let's make some money. So I did that. That was awesome. And then was, you know, was, was, was hooked ever since started going to the national in 2014. Uh, haven't missed one, uh, since. And then uh, a couple years ago, uh, I became a partner, uh, in a brick and mortar shop, which is Brewtown trading. Sorry, shameless plug, uh, on Facebook. We've got about 4,500 followers or so We have brick and mortar here in Milwaukee. It's really cool because it's, it's a brick and mortar. It's old school, uh, well, hobby shop and it's huge. It, the, you know, the, the square footage of the shop is, is, is a few thousand. It's, it's a large hobby shop. Um, and then I would be remiss if, um, the breaking side of things, uh, 2014, I started breaking on my own. Uh, I would see people sit on breakers.tv and they would try to fill a group break. You'd have to sell teams and you'd have to. And I was thinking to myself, why are we trying to fill this whole break and selling teams? I'm just going to go on with a case of something. And if someone wants the whole box, they can have it themselves. And I was trying to think of a name for my, you know, platinum was just getting going and, and Leighton and they all had these nice fancy names. And I said, I'm just going to call myself no weight breaks because you don't have to wait to break anything. And I had somebody come in the room. He's like, how much for a box? I go this much. He goes, sweet, rip it. I'm like, oh, I've got a customer. So I started ripping the box and doing anything. Had a, had my second child, didn't have time to be on the computer, five hours a night ripping. Um, brought him in. He did breaks. If you go to YouTube and just type in no weight breaks all in one word, there's probably 600 videos uh, posted of breaks we did. Uh, we stopped doing the breaks maybe 18 months, two years ago, because it was just easier to get our get our cases and move them down the line instead of shipping out 30 packages for every single box or case. Stuff gets lost in the mail. Some of the, I mean, I, I know what the breakers go through. I love them all. They're great. Uh, but it can be a logistic nightmare uh, for a lot of people. So we've kind of decided to work smarter and not harder. Um, and 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 go from there. So sorry, that's my long dissertation, but tried to catch you up to uh to the present <laughs> well it's a it's that's a lot i mean you definitely got more on us than i mean what killed when did you start breaking or not breaking when did you start collecting i can remember so i was introduced to cards 1995 so i was four because i can remember opening packs of uh of pinnacle football and the name that sticks out in my mind and I can still find it in my closet, Stan Humphreys, when he was playing quarterback for the chargers, that was like, I don't know why it was my card, but I also remember my mom taking me to a flea market in Plainfield right off of 40. And there was a big old binder full of baseball cards. And then, you know, I knew nothing about baseball, but the selling point was the, uh, the Ken Griffey jr. Uh, the blue, card uh is it up, upper deck the 90 the donruss could be the one with purple in it no 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 it was the blue and it had it was tops because it had the the trophy down at the uh, blue. corner 
Yeah, ninety tops. Yeah, yeah, and they was like, "Well, you that card's worth twenty five dollars," and that's same same thing. It was like twenty five dollars, and I'm like, you know, seven eight years old. I was like, "Mom, we gotta buy this." And the guy wanted ten bucks for everything and got it, and you know, I had that card graded and everything. So, you know, that's kind of where I got in, and then you know, kept going with it. Then kind of got away throughout high school, and then after college, kind of got back into it. Saw my cards and started laying them out on the tables and going back through them. And, you know, it wasn't like anything crazy. It was, you know, I, when I think of football is my number one thing. So I always go back to, I love old school players, old school, you know, games. So I'm looking at, you know, 90 pro set, you know, something nobody wants. So I'll go to the, the candy store in Plainfielders or somewhere and be like, I will buy, all the cases of 90, even though they're all 90s NFL pro sets you have, and I'll just open them, even though that I know that some of them are same cards over and over and over. But, you know, I love I love doing that for a while. And then, you know, once the let's say the money thing took over, then kind of became smarter with my purchases and looked uh, and then, you know, Neil, you got back into it and Dylan got back into it. And then we kind of collectively worked together throughout the yeah. next probably four years or so. Yeah. Yeah, I I started in 2003 too because this guy named LeBron James was supposed to be the next greatest player and I was like my mom bought me a bunch of like the Matrix packs and upper deck packs and I was just chasing LeBron because I was mm-hmm. like I, I was a big basketball kid then so like for me it was like LeBron 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 give me more LeBron. So that's when I started. So, I mean, it was, and then it, obviously in high school, you know, you kind of lose money, lose interest. And then you, I picked it up a few years back, probably 2018 football um, is when I picked stuff up again and, and really tried to start collecting again. Um, that was right around when the Rams went to the Super Bowl too. So I was like, I had to get like a Todd Gurley and an Aaron Donald rookie stuff like that just to to kind of feel like I was part of the team. <laughs> I know mine was 17 because the first hobby box that I bought back when I started getting actual money um was 2017 limited football and that's where yeah, I pulled that Mahomes. Mahomes out of that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, sick. So Jared no, Jared what uh kind of like what is your thought process on collecting, whether it be PC or like, is there a certain brand certain, not saying like, you know, PC one player, but kind of like what me and Neil's kick is right now is game used patch autos. Like it has to be game used and it has to be on card auto. Yeah. On the game used thing. Um, you're right. If you stick to that, The problem is the industry is going away from that. Forget the fanatics thing. Like as long as Panini's still around, they're just changing it to we're in a we're in a post-COVID world where player availability in the flesh just isn't what it used to be. And Panini kind of put their hands up and like we trust me, does Panini want to put game use in every yes, they want to do that. I mean, I've I've talked with the reps. They they they, I've talked with Panini employees. They they want to put game used in stuff logistically it's just become a nightmare to do so yeah um that being said when you hold up your flawless card of gronk with the two patch windows and it says game used on the back 
yeah, I mean, that's game used Patriots. That's how he became a legend. He's not going to the Hall of Fame, nor is Tom Brady, because of what they do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's what they've done with the with the Patriots. So, yes, but you're going to kind of limit yourself to just the veterans because moving forward, you've got a LaMelo ball and it says this isn't from anything. And you're like, why? Well, it's a know, napkin from one of those parties. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that. As far as uh, what I collect um, in November of 2017, I bought the largest Giannis prism collection that exists. Uh, my buddy Tim Luke uh, was buying boxes of prism basketball from a local card shop at the time in 2013-14 for... I don't know. I think it was $50 or $40 a box of prism. You've got to remember the number one pick. Uh, Neil, you would know who the number one pick is in the 13, 14 NBA draft uh, being where you're located. Do you know who that was? 13, 14. Yeah. Was it Greg Oden? Uh, no, that would be a guy by the name of uh, Anthony Bennett for the oh. Cleveland Cavaliers. That was, that's why I mentioned. Yuck. Okay. Right. So he really didn't pan out from the get go. So Giannis wasn't a thing. So he was ripping and he was just collecting Giannis because he lives here in town and he amassed the craziest Giannis collection ever, like silvers and greens and blues and reds and oranges and purple die cuts and light blue die cuts and everything and graded them all and stuff like that. And then they started to go up a little bit. Um, and I jumped in and, and, and bought them all uh, in 2000. I think it was November of 17. Uh, then he wins an MVP award and I'm like, Pfft. Time to move on from these, uh, even though I never think the guys I cheer for are going to be that good because I always think, well, I'm putting in more stock into their value than is really true because I watch them and cheer for them every single day. And I'm not just so that's the problem I always had with collecting like Giannis or Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or Christian Yelich or name your local Wisconsin based sports team guy. So I started selling off the Giannis's after he won his first MVP award. Uh, no one saw the COVID bubble coming. And when I say that, that's people have income. They have no place to put it. They can't put it into a casino. They can't go out to dinner. They can't go on an airplane. They can't go on vacation. And that drives up the price of cards. And that's kind of what really you know made the market explode a little bit. Um, so what I like to do is I like to collect things that have potential. I doesn't mean I need to know about it because I guarantee you someone knows a lot about it, even if I don't. So if I find something that's cool and rare, it's like, shoot, let me give you a couple examples. I was at our card shop uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm just rummaging through the back. Our card shop makes buys all the time. People that come in, they have their stuff, they want to trade. We're always, any card shop is doing itself a disservice if they're not if they're not actively buying from people. People are in need, they need money, they wanna upgrade. There's a million reasons why people sell cards. I'm going to the back and the card I'm about to show you, it's not even worth a lot of money. The point is I knew nothing about it. You see this Pokemon card, okay? It's some. It's a Japanese label version and I see this. It's a black label. I go, what? What is this? I looked up the card. A PSA 10 of this card is maybe worth a hundred bucks. I thought to myself, well, this is a black label. 
So you can kind of name your price because it's a pop one. And if someone collects Me Too, Hollow, too. Japanese, there you go, right, <laughs> version. Some, some, You're telling me you didn't watch Pokemon? No, sir. No. I, oh, I, my yeah, goodness. brothers did. I've got two younger brothers. They have the Pokemon. They have the magic. My, well, clearly they know what they're talking about. My younger brother on the magic, like he's like, oh yeah, I had I had at least one or two of the Black Lotus. So I'm like, where are they now? I was like, I don't know. I'm like, thanks, that's good. Those are, <laughs> those, are, those are long gone. So again, cards that have potential because they're either rare or different. I don't know anything about Pokemon. I didn't know anything about golf carts. I knew nothing about them. I just knew if I buy it for four eighty a box and I sell it for seven and I net six, that's a dollar twenty a box. I'm 20 years old. If I have 12, 120 cases times 12, that's like over a thousand boxes. I can make like 1500 bucks. It'll take me a month or two, but there's this whole, this whole side hustle. That wasn't a thing 20 years ago. That was side hustle. If you said side hustle, they don't know what that means. That just means you go for runs on the side of your house. Like what does side hustle mean? You work in the corner. Yeah, right. It's in the vernacular. This this card isn't worth much either. All right. It's it's a Magic Johnson. Uh it's 48, 1988, 48. It, it, it's some round. Look at the back of it, because just NBA, but it it's a BGS 10. So I think Instagrammers that come on and again they flex out with their five and 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 six figure cards. Great. That's not what I think is cool and valuable. Do I have cards that are valuable? Absolutely. I mean, like here, here's a KD that it's got a beautiful patch this is Fleer hot prospects these cards came out of the pack damaged it was 2007 2008 they were thick they were all chipped to, to hell every one of these is numbered to 399 this is one of like eight psa 10 so th that to me is a cool one um i like to hedge the bet i got into this right when the nba playoffs were starting last year i'm like brooklyn's winning the title this year that's a done deal i'm gonna get me some kevin durant uh, they're going to be fine. They're going to win it. They still would have won it had Kyrie not rolled his ankle. But as a Bucks fan for my whole life, I was totally fine with that. Uh, so, you, again, that's just some different odd cards. Uh, you were very nice to post uh, that that odd one that I picked up recently. Uh, the story goes that uh, Terry Dullen, who's well-known um, in, the, in the hobby, mm -hmm. um, it was as sad as can be. Uh, younger guy, I think he was in his early 40s, late 30s, something in that range, caught COVID in August, didn't recover. His wife has a trusted friend who said, I need to sell sell some of his stuff. And he was hanging on to a few top transcendent cards, including the quad, one of one of Walter Johnson, some pitcher who, I mean, won over 400 games. Um and he, you know, he died 70 years ago. Uh, Ty Cobb, Honus Wagner, um, and 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 Babe Ruth, and it was all, you know, one card on tops transcended. So that that's one that I was just like, well, I'm not going to see that again anytime soon. Yeah. No. I can go buy a Luka Doncic or a Giannis Prism rookie for days. Yep. So it doesn't matter if it's some BGS 10 black label. Who was the guy again? What's his name, Neil? Me, me too. Mewtwo. Mewtwo, or this Magic Johnson that's probably worth a hundred bucks. If it's different and unique, I don't care if you set up at a flea market. I don't care if you post it online. I don't care where you go. 
someone's gonna be like, wait a minute, if, if I go up to any to any Pokemon dealer at the Dallas show, which I'm planning on going to at the end of the month, and I give them this card, they're gonna want it. I'm not saying they're gonna want to pay me a ton for it. They're gonna it's a black label card. Okay, that's cool. So I would just I would like to collect stuff that's just different but unique and has potential. This Do you is have the, Babe Ruth with, with you right now? Yeah, yeah. This is this is one of them. So this is that's uh, the quad. Yeah, that's the yeah. quad. It's if you huge. look at the Honus Wagner, That's I mean, he's, he he writes pirates, nineteen forty six. Um, he no longer played for the pirates in nineteen forty six. He might have been on the staff or something. So I just thought that was cool. Uh, the Babe Ruth auto is great. I've been told finding really high quality Walter Johnson autographs is tough. And then um, this is talking about Ty Cobb. Uh, and and kind of what he'd done in baseball. So yeah, the cards labeled a a one of one. He also had a, a Babe Ruth uh, just like this. The the box top. Do you have that one still? Yeah. Oh yeah, I have all of them. And then there's a um, who's the last? Oh, Cy Young was the was the last one yeah. in all three. So I, I kind of really didn't negotiate with him. Uh, that's the other thing too. Uh, Jameson Long, uh, one of the the best people in our industry. I learned something from him once. He he once said. If you want the card, buy the card. Don't if you're gonna if you're gonna spend ten thousand dollars on a card and the guy wants eleven, don't pay the, the card. If, yeah. Unless unless especially if it's something unique like that. Just you know if, if so yeah I didn't really negotiate and yeah part of it was because I, I felt bad for the family obviously, but the other part was when am I gonna when am I gonna have an opportunity to, to, to sell because Terry wasn't moving these. Wife decided to do it, and um, you know. Yeah, we'll I don't think I've ever seen a card either of those cards, because you sent me that text, and I was like, "Whoa!" Like these, I didn't even know these cards existed. Yeah. So he must have got these from private sales, and and yeah, just and kept I, I had people them. ask me, you know, I've what can I, you know, what what can you expect to pay for? But this is the type of card that I think. Is that probably better off in a trade for something? To oh, say yeah. it's, it's worth it's, ten grand or fifty grand or whatever. It's a collection card, yeah, like it's yeah. a collector's card, truly a collector's card. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not married to it. I mean, I'm you know I I like I like the thrill of the the hustle. Neil, you and I have executed trades and we we, we deal a lot of cards right now together, and it's just like if 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 we can turn something, I think that's the fun of it all. It's it's not. I need to make a dollar every time. No, it's this is this is I mean a, a bad day of doing cards is better than a good day of doing a lot of other things. So this yeah, is true. It's, very, very true. It's it's very, very true. And I have my wife on board too. I have to be very uh specific. We've been married 14 years. She gets it. I totally understand. There's like a, a lot of the other halves, they're just like, what what do you, you know, what are you doing? But I've I've shown her like you can make money doing. I have a day job. I have a nine to five. But like you can, you can make money doing this. It can take time to get them to come over. Yeah. Uh, but I said, look, I, I could be, I could be breaking the law. I could have much worse habits. And well, you, you bought that brand new house. I mean, that's enough, right? Enough said. <laughs> You'd think you. you were, <laughs> no, no, I kid. I kid. I, kid. Yeah. I bought mine a brand new house, and she still wonders about these card things too. So. Totally. Totally. Oh, it is what it is. Speaking yeah, yeah. of speaking of your your unique cards, this is one that I just picked up. One of the game used 
Caleb, you probably remember me talking about him all the time. Steven Jackson? Steven Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. I had probably 15 different jerseys of Steven Jackson. Yeah, you did. Steven, did he he rush for 2,000 yards one year? No. He was – he didn't rush for 2,000. He had all-purpose yards. I think he ended up with like – 2,500 all-purpose That's what yards. it is. He had a stupid all-purpose number because he could yeah. catch really, really yeah. well. Um, yeah, the Rams for having, you know, for being known as that kind of greatest show on turf. I know that he wasn't part of that. That was Marshall Falk. But, yeah. um, man, between Marshall Falk, Eric Dickerson, I mean, they've had some all-timers at the running back position where that team historically is always in the pantheon of, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Kurt Warner, no one, no one could match him. Mm-hmm. The running backs, though, I think get a little bit of a, a bad rap given that you've got two, I would say, all timers for sure. And yeah, and one who was really good in Steven Jackson, just didn't have the longevity that maybe yep. a Marshall Fall. Yeah. And, and even even had Jerome Bettis for a short time, but, yep. but he needed a kick in the ass to go to Pittsburgh. He needed to go to that. Yeah, he needed. I mean, yeah. Chris Carter was the same way when he went. To, he was, you know, first on the Eagles, and you know, he was a terrible person, and then get shipped off to Minnesota and change your game. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, Jared, what do you have your mindset on upcoming, as far as cards go, sports go? Do you do you are you someone who falls into the FOMO category at all? Is there anything you're collecting or building up, investing wise for? <laughs> yeah, NBA? that that is. Oh my gosh, uh, I, can I tell? Because I've got, I could tell stories all night long um, of of cards. Let me tell you one FOMO story. Uh, Two thousand three, Targets across. I'm sorry, Kmart's across the country are going out of business. So they have these, when a, when a store goes out of business, everything starts off at 30% off for two weeks. Then it goes to 40% off. Then it goes up to 90. And by the time it's at 80 or 90%, all of the shelves are like completely empty, right? It just looks, it's just an empty store. So I go in when it's 30% off and I see, you know, like we all see those pictures online of just like the dream scenario of all the cards and all the retail. That's how it was when it was 30% off. Well, I didn't have a lot of money, so I bought like $50 worth of cards, which was a lot because blaster boxes back then were $9.99 all day. And the hanger packs were $2 and not $1.99. So I bought everything at 30% off. And then I came back when it was 40% and like half of everything was gone. And over on the side of the store right next to the cards are these bookshelves that housed all the books that they would sell and coloring books. And they were like these little slots that would go inside. I grabbed some of the packs and I put them in that bookshelf and I'm like, what if nobody sees them and the discount goes from 40 to, to 50 to 60? And you're like, Jared, what the hell does that do with FOMO? I didn't, I didn't want to miss out on like any of these discounts. So I'd like put some of these packs in where the books were. <laughs> I would wait like two weeks till the discount in the store went, went from fifty percent to sixty percent, and there they there they still were. So that 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 worked once, but that was it. Uh, <laughs> mo- modern cards, I don't, I don't get it sometimes. Um, what I mean by that is, Tom Brady is setting the benchmark that nobody else in our lifetime is going to hit. 
he hit 80,000 yards last night. That'd be like a quarterback throwing for 4,000 yards a year for 20 straight years. Oh, never being injured and always throwing for 4,000 yards. That's the math to get to 80, right? That's, that's insane. Uh, Patrick Mahomes could go on to have a Hall of Fame career, and I think all three of us in this room would agree that he will. He's not going to win eight Super Bowls. He's not going to win seven Super Bowls. He's not going to win six Super Bowls. He's not going to win five Super Bowls. He, he's not. So when I go to Justin Herbert, who, hold on, I got it right here. I just, we did a little break. We did a little break in the shop. And this, I don't have a ton of Justin Herbert. Like here's a prodigy, Justin Herbert, sort of RPA. When I talk about Justin Herbert and we see PSA 10s of him selling for forty dollars or $50,000, there's the FOMO. The problem is you may miss out, but you may screw up because Believe Justin me. Herbert may never play in a Super Bowl in his career. There's a real possibility. I'll give you a lot of good quarterbacks that have played in the NFL that have never played in or won a Super Bowl, okay, <laughs> who are better than Justin Herbert. But if I don't invest in Justin Herbert right now, well, <laughs> what's it going to – Neil, you and I have talked about how the title's baked in. Remember yep. when LeBron won the title in the bubble? We're like, here we go, baby. LeBron won the title. LeBron's are going. LeBron's didn't go up. Nope. They went down the next week. The title was baked in throughout the season. I think we're seeing that with Brady right now. You and I are tracking that contender's rookie auto. It, it, it's kind of ticking upwards. Part of that has to do with the NFL season going. Part of that has to do with the fact that Tom Brady – keeps winning, but he leads the NFL in passing yards. I don't know many 43-year-olds that have led the NFL in passing yards through the first four weeks of an NFL season. Zero. Yeah, I was going to say, is it's either that or Vinny Testaverde or Vinny Testaverde or George I don't even Blanda. think he was playing when he was 43, was he? 43? Right, probably not. Right. No, I four. think – That think was the big thing. Tom's the oldest by a year or two of the oldest starting quarterback. Yeah, and he so leads he the NFL – in the thing that the quarterbacks are paid to do, throw the football. And he, he, I don't get it. I just, so here's my point. In our lifetime, no one in the NFL is going to catch Tom Brady. So the higher those cards go, when, when you see a championship ticket, nicely graded, you know, million bucks. Well, what's, What's 40 grand for a top-rated Justin Herbert RPA? Well, yeah, if Justin Herbert wins seven Super Bowls, that's a great investment, but that's probably not going to happen. So my advice to people is if you want to have a Patrick Mahomes, if you want to have a Justin Herbert, you don't need to get the RPA. You don't need to get the Patrick Mahomes prism PSA 10 to 199. Get into the, the high tide's gonna lift all the boats. There's no excuse for investing in a player that you feel could be good one day, that you feel could win Super Bowl and say, I can't afford it. There's a price point for everybody. And as soon as they do anything, it'll lift up. I'll tell you right now, five years ago, just five years. I'm not talking you could have bought Tom Brady Bowman Chrome rookies for not nearly what they go for today. So you can invest at a basic level in just about anybody you want to. Two two years ago, you could buy a nine point five Bowman Chrome Tom Brady for twelve hundred bucks. Right, and what are they today? Ish. 
last ten year. grand. Yeah. How many years ago? Two. Two. Right. So way back in 2019. <laughs> yeah, a PSA you, ten I think was four grand. Right. right. And you, they're twenty. Yeah, that was way back when the Chiefs were winning Super Bowls. I guess they, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Lakers were good. And it's, yeah, it's just it's like that's still that's that's today. So there's opportunity uh, everywhere. I just like to look for things that are a little different, not rare. There's nothing wrong with the mainstream guys. Uh, and then of course buying off off season is key. A lot of people don't like to do it. I'm telling you right now, the best month, two months to buy, middle of November till the end of the year it's the best months to buy i mean no one no one can afford anything november december it's holidays they're buying christmas presents for people you can't you can't go wrong buying stuff the only exception to that rule would maybe be zion in his rookie year or new release products because of all the hype you know that that sort of thing yeah but now there's four bajillion zion psa 10s and 4000 nt rpas PSA yeah. 10s and, and we, we all got caught up in the hype with it. Yeah. And and you're gonna see not. you're gonna see the hype of players from time to time that are just crazy good. Um I'm a buck season ticket holder. I have been for many years. Um I don't get the chance to see Zion Williamson play in person very often. I was able to last year late in the regular season when they started letting fans back into the arena. Uh there was a shot that uh a buck was shooting from the free throw line. No, they were shooting it. It was Steven Adams. Now I remember Steven Adams was at the free throw line for the New Orleans Pelicans. Chris Middleton was on the lowest part of the block of the free throw line. Zion jumped over Chris Middleton because, you know, Chris Middleton is 6'7". <laughs> Grabbed the rebound, came down, and then laid it back up and in a blink. And I go, okay, that guy has the hops of John Morant and is twice his size. This guy is just silly. How he fits in the NBA, how he can make it. I don't even think the Pelicans know how he works. I don't I don't think Van Gundy knows how to use him. I don't, I'm not saying I would have the answers. He's such a freak. I get the hype. That's what I'm saying. Like I I, I got that. He's LeBron, got bounce. Oh god. Unreal bounce. And he's got a great handle. He's got great court vision. Yeah. But I I'm not a Zion fan. No, I well, you know, people say how's his health going to hold up when you've got, and I don't care what they list him at 270 pounds flying up and down the court. For sure. Um, exactly. I think they list him at like 245. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. okay. You're, you're six, eight and you're a wall. You're a brick. You're an absolute easy. Just, yeah. This wide top to bottom. Uh, For sure. This is, this is actually, you, you kind of brought up the point, but this is something I wanted to ask you was I've noticed here recently that, all these ultra modern cards, so like post 2018 basketball, football, all these high end cards are selling for outrageous prices, like a Lamelo Ball PSA 10 out of eight Prism, the black gold, sold for $150,000. And then a Zion out of 10 sold for like $180,000 and like a BGS 9. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you're paying that much money for a card when you could have an exquisite LeBron RPA or a Contenders Brady BGS 9 and still have 60 grand in your pocket. 
I'm like it, and and it seems like, and it kind of went through this phase like back in what late 2020 August, where the 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 modern cards started to go really really high, and then we had the correction in the in February where where the the legends kind of saw that correction where they should have went higher. And I feel like we're almost getting back to that point where these modern cards are going for just outrageous amounts of money that don't make any sense because they've done nothing except hype. Like that's it. Like they won rookie of the year and that's all they've done. Yeah. It's, it's a flex for sure. Uh, It's also people. uh, First of all, you mentioned basketball cards, as we all know, the biggest international market for card collecting is in the basketball sphere. Soccer's trying to get there. The problem is Europe doesn't have the contingent of soccer card collectors that Asia has a contingent of basketball card collectors. Right. I'm not saying soccer isn't as big in Europe as basketball is in Asia. No, no. Soccer in Europe is the end all be all. Yeah. I saw, I saw, you know, grown men cry at, 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 at that heartbreaking final um, where, where it was Italy ended up England, England. Yeah. England uh, beat Italy or lost Italy, Italy beat England in a shootout. That's what it was in the shootout in the shootout. And it was in Wembley stadium in England. Yes. Yes. And it was just crazy. So I'm not talking about the popularity. I'm just talking about the actual card collecting base. So in basketball, it's a flex. You made a very good point. You said, why would you invest here when you can invest here in a, in a proven player? Well, because if I have not hundreds of thousands, but if I have tens of millions, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and buy LaMelo to eight for $100,000 because I know there's only seven more out there. And the odds of one of those surfacing anytime soon aren't that great. And if he does anything, I might be in good shape. I might yeah, be but okay. He, but even to the point of that, like they like, Panini has produced so much low-numbered Prism Select National Treasures where they make four different variations of the NT Patch Auto that you're just like, there's so many of them. Right, so you need to stick to the Paxful Hobby Edition, though. Right, because you've got Choice and you've got Fast Break. Team All. Lucky Envelopes. Lucky Envelopes. Hobby H2, Hobby Hybrid. And yeah. every single one of those has a disco numbered to one or a laser numbered to this. Or if you stick to the hobby pack pulled variants, those will always trump long term. It's it's why a gold of anything isn't worth as much as, you know, Bowman's tops have been doing, this, you know, gold wave, right? That's not worth as much as the gold is because it's the wave version or the disco version. But yeah. you said black gold before because it's numbered to eight. It's... It's shiny. The NBA collector market has always loved shiny things. Spectra took a long time to take off uh, in, in, in the basketball world because they came out with cards that were thick and shiny. Every one of them, thick and shiny. And it's like, wow, that's what everybody wants now, thick and shiny cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and that took off well. Uh, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's interesting because people make some kind of bonehead investing decisions. But I think it's also because, hey, I buy this. I can afford it. I'll put it on my gram. I'll get the followers. I'll get the likes. It's all good. I don't. I don't need the money. And God bless yeah. the people that are in the position to do that. I'm not hating on them at all. Uh, but if you're investing, don't follow what they do. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Dude, I, I yeah, for real. Anybody who listens, don't do what other people do. Do your own homework and do what you like. Collect. Ask yourself you this like. one question, Caleb. I always tell Neil this. Ask yourself this question when you're buying a card. 
if you're investing in a young guy. Do I see this player making the Hall of Fame someday? Yeah, great. When I hear of Zion, I, I think he can. I, I think he's a freak athlete. I think his athleticism alone will get into the Hall of Fame someday. When I think of Tyrese Halliburton, heck of a player. I don't know if I see him in the Hall of Fame someday. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there with him. Other people might be, and that's good for you if that's what you think. But I would yeah, ask but even myself, more do to I see that, it's person? like, it's like with Zion. Just because he makes it to the Hall of Fame doesn't mean that it justifies his car prices because his car prices are baked in. Like he's going to be the next top five player of all time. And I don't even think he'll make top 25 player of all Correct, time. but people are buying this on the projection that they think that if I buy him here, even if it's here, or even if it's here, it'll still go to here. It'll still yeah. it'll still go it, yeah. way, it's, way up. It's crazy. It's so crazy. at least I'm saying as a baseline. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Baseline if they're not Hall question, of Fame potential. Do do I think this do I think this person can make the Hall of Fame one day? Like if I think Joe Burrow, I think he's a wickedly talented quarterback. I think Joe Burrow can make the Hall of Fame. The Bengals have a terrible track record as an organization, but I think Joe Burrow is wickedly talented. What did he throw for in the NCAA championship game? Like 8,000 yards? It was just a stupid number. It's like seven, Yeah, 12 was, touchdown passes. It was, just, it was insane. I'm like, that's video game. And 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 then he got hurt, but I, I still – like a guy like him, okay – you want to pay 40 grand for a Joe Burrow mm-hmm. RPA because you think he's going to win himself a Super Bowl? That's great. He'll still be six behind Tom Brady when he wins his. <laughs> yeah. See, that's to me, that is that is smart thinking, smart investing. I think you have too many. We saw it a lot during the, the card bubble of people kind of like shooting from the hip. And I use Tyler Hero, Kobe White as big time examples. You know, Kobe White has three 40 point games in a row right before. Uh, the all-star break boom mm-hmm. skyrockets the prices um, and Caleb, who, who else was on the team that was healthy at that time nobody uh, nobody, nobody. Yeah. they had no other options this yeah. bulls team now with um demar derozan zach levine kobe why may not even touch the floor you you think kobe's gonna drop when's kobe gonna drop? he's not gonna get the ball no yeah. he not won't at even all. touch the floor no so, to your point tyler, go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt. tyler hero like i so i had a stack of PSA 10 Tyler heroes that I sold right before the finals for 400 bucks a piece. Now they're what? Like 25, 30 bucks a pop. Just uh-huh. like people who like going back to your question. Do you think he's a hall of famer? Well, at those points, I don't even think people are thinking hall of fame or just, you hope he's in the starting lineup next year. Yeah. Really interesting yeah. thing about Tyler hero. Um, the pride of Whitnell high school, not just 30 minutes from where I live. So he's from Wisconsin, Wisconsin born NBA players. Uh, those are unicorns. Uh, there's not many. And so he, he gets an offer to the university of Wisconsin. He commits the university of Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a great program. It is not a NBA ready program. It's just a great program. It, it does. They don't make NBA, you know, caliber players very often. Kentucky comes along. Calipari goes, I know you committed, but, uh, you want to come to Kentucky? We'll start you. He decommits from Wisconsin. Everybody around here is like, "Ooh, you suck, Tyler Hero." Okay, he Kentucky, the blue blood. I don't, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas. 
if someone, if one of those schools says you're going to start for them, you go play for them. I, yeah. you're just trying to better your career. He starts yeah. for them. He plays for them. He does really well. He comes onto the scene in the bubble for this Heat team that has Jimmy Butler, that has uh, one of the best outside shooters in the NBA, that has Bam Adebayo, that has these great t- and he's like the last guy they're going to scout. And now all of a sudden he he's dropping thirty. Well, it's like. <laughs> It's like when you hit your first home run off the fastball. Now we're going to start throwing you change-ups and curves. Let's see how you do against those. Now all of a sudden they're scouting them and they're playing them. And last year he wasn't a very good team guy. There was some off-the-court stuff with Tyler Hero. Uh, this, you know, Year three is always kind of that year like, okay, it's either you're going to make it or you're not. Yeah. And um, I look for him to rebound. Um, but the prices people are paying because he's going to drop 30 a night, no. Great. Not a chance. Yeah, I think I'd, I think, I think I right around that same time that I sold you that big lot, Jared. I think I bought into more boxes of 18, 19, and 19, 20 wax. But then after that, I was just like, I just had to sell. The money was like, like you, like you did when you were a kid. I mean, the money was just too good to, yeah, to hold it. And it's like, and like me, I was like, I want LeBron. So, like, I'll sell Zion all day long if that means I can eventually get a LeBron rookie. And then yeah. I picked one up, and then that's when I sold it to you. You know, and I was all through the COVID bubble. Our, our one of our business partners at uh, Brewtown Trading, he always he would say, "We make more money if we don't sell anything because <laughs> we were selling everything, but like it was a new release, and then it would just you know it would just go up in price." And we're like, "Why you know why are we why are we selling anything?" and as a, as a guy with like a business, I was like, well, because we have bills to pay my friend, <laughs> but, but I mean, more importantly, it's like, because, because if it goes up, like at, at what point is, is too much. And you know, so yeah, if you can make a dollar and move on, the best part is you can take that dollar and go do something else with it and see how it goes. And that's the fun of the hobby, the, the, the yep. flip, the rip, if you want to collect and that's your thing and you're not in it for money, then don't worry about, what the values are and you just have yeah. a collection. I'm a little bit of both. I like the, I like the thrill of, um, I am. I'm also a little bit of both. Like Neil got me into kind of like, don't get attached on something that, you know, you can flip and make something to get something else nicer. Cause I was buying, making stupid purchases. Like, you know, I would buy 15, $50 cards when I could have bought, you know, the one, couple thousand dollar card that i wanted and then bitch and moan about how i how come i didn't get that so changing my mindset through there of you know going after things that i want that i know that i can flip but also having on the side like my muhammad ali auto collection like that's that's something that i'm attached to that i will not get rid of totally i've owned some muhammad ali stuff i've i've bought into some weird card releases that were more auxiliary sport based boxing, car racing, all that stuff. And now I just laugh when I see the prices of the Topps Chrome Formula One boxes. And oh, stuff. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are they at right now? I remember when I was buying Sport Kings Mario Andretti autos for 40 bucks. And I'm like, people are like, why are you buying those? I go, it's Mario freaking Andretti. Why wouldn't I buy? He's like, I mean, and they're $40. So uh, I just thought... Uh, a few a thousand i think i think in our shop we were at 1800 a hobby box i mean i remember when they pre-released that 800 yeah and i thought that was high right and now they've more than doubled 
and I don't know who's done anything. I, it's got the young driver in there. That's really got really Lando good. in there. It's got first Toppins, first ones. It's got Lewis. It's got um, who's the other one? Not Lando. Do you watch? Yeah, uh, George Russell. Yes, George Russell. That's yeah. Yeah, because he's taking over the second Mercedes car next year. Yes, yes, he is. My, my problem with racers is that they they're in a car up to their neck. They wear a helmet. You don't see their eyes. You don't see their smile. You don't see their you don't. You don't see their reactions. I mean, you guys have your favorite teams. When Jacoby Brissett, you know, when, when Aaron Rodgers ran the ball in for a touchdown yesterday, spiked that ball on the ground, does his little championship, and it goes nuts. Yeah. What the racer's going to do, he's going to spin his car in circles. We're going to wait for him to get out of the car when the race is over after three hours of not being able to see his face. It, 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 for me, it's just like, I'm not hating on the sport. If you like the sport, great. Collectibles? Yeah. Yeah. As me, who actually who works in the motorsports industry, so like we have people who it's funny who hate my driver but love the sponsor, or love the sponsor and hate my driver. So they'll buy the T-shirt for one way or another. It's like whatever. I mean, we're still selling T-shirts, but not, no, I totally. But definitely can, Caleb, Caleb, to your point, it can be good theater. Again, I'm not hating sure. on the sport. I was at a race at the Milwaukee Mile about ten years ago. Denny Hamlin. This was the, uh, gosh, I'm dating myself here, but this there was like the Bush series right underneath the the, the, the main, the Sprint Cup at the time. Yep. And Denny Hamlin was late for the race. So he had just a, a different driver drive the race. He drives half the race. He's in first place. Half the race is over. You can look this up. Denny Hamlin comes flying in on a helicopter. Helicopter lands in the infield. He gets out and at the next pit stop, wants to pull like the other guy out of the car. The, the guy that was racing for him on his behalf is in first place. He's irate. He's, he doesn't, why would you want to come out? Of, I mean, I'm leading it. Like, let me, let me finish this off, Denny. I know you just flew here in your little helicopter, but I'm, I'm in first place. Didn't matter. Contractually obligated. If Denny Hamlin gets there, you got to put him in the FedEx car. Goes in the FedEx car. This, this backup driver is throwing his helmet, ripping stuff off, rips off his fire suit, starts just, walk, just walking to wherever his trailer was on the infield and the crowd's going nuts. And I was like, I've never seen anything like this before. Racing can be great theater. I just don't know where it is from the collector standpoint. But if you're going to release new, new products, this is the market to do it in. And I don't blame Tops one bit for releasing that F1 uh, Tops Chrome because it's, it's really super good. limited print run. And I think it's true with with the uh, documentary series on Netflix and just the worldwide appreciation for collectibles i think how big f1 is just as a sport worldwide mm -hmm. and then you throw in a little bit of collectability in there might be the reason why stuff like that's taken off um but i mean i don't collect any f1 i just have no interest in it but there's some people who are definitely making money and definitely there's some people who love that stuff so yeah, somebody pulled the red auto of the main rookie in our yeah in our shop a couple weeks ago. We I think I it. saw that on your page. On yeah, your and page. people were like going nuts. Yeah, and I'm like quietly thinking, I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm you know, I can't. Is he American? No, that's yeah, no. Right. But that's yeah, the right. that's the. I don't I don't know what this is either. But it's like, yeah, yeah. You might just want to send that to me, and I'll I'll take care of it. You will. I got you. <laughs> It's you. like a, like like Jake Paul's uh, Charizard. Yeah, BGS walking out with Charizard. Walking out. It's like a million dollar card around his neck. But that, see, I'm all for that. 
I'm all for that because that is someone with big time influence and a big time platform. Yeah. Raising the market. They asked LeBron, hey, you notice your, they asked him during the playoffs last year, hey, you know, like one of your cards sold for 1.8 million. And he's like, yes, I did. I have a few. Like, how cool was that? You know, from the king saying, yeah, I know what's going on. I have a few. And I think Vegas Dave is one of the most brilliant marketers there is. Can't stand him as a human. (laughs) All in his his Raiders, though, man. Oh, he's he's all on Derek Carr. Uh, seven nothing right now. Uh, Chargers on top. So Herbie's got a touchdown pass. But um, it, brilliant marketer, brilliant. I, I I try to judge someone by their accomplishments, as long as things stay legal. Not just are they a clown. Vegas Dave's a clown. clown. He's a clown. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I'm not saying to follow what he says to do, but if you actually look at what he has done. His track record on success, not just gambling. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a handicapper, nor do I bet on sports much. Uh, but he's he's been right a lot on some of his sports card calls. He keeps reminding everybody about his about his Mike Trout. He sold that Mike yeah. Trout at the peak. Mike, that Mike Trout is actually one of the few cards that sold for that much money that on a resale right now probably wouldn't reach that number. No. Is I this don't think it's fact a rookie ass. after that. He can't keep missing months. You're not going to break all time records if you're not playing the sport. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. He has the highest. How old is he? Is he 30 yet? No. I can't remember how old he is. He's close though. Um, uh, I, I, but I don't think that that card would break. Um, you know, would break four million again. No. Uh, he did. I'm sorry. He he turned 30 in August. Okay. I don't know. The body I don't like his career. I don't like his career the, trend right the, now. The body doesn't stay healthier after the age of thirty. I can attest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Caleb, you can attest to that too, can't you? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're, you look like you're 18. You're I wish I was 18. <laughs> that's a, um, that's a good thing, though. So, so going back real quick with the Jake Paul thing, you know, we also saw. Towards the end of that bubble, Pokemon started to get hot. You see these guys like Steve Aoki, you see the Paul brothers, you see people busting open these these, you know, expensive two hundred fifty thousand dollar boxes and ripping them like there's nobody's business. Of now, Pokemon, uh, of Pokemon, and but you have other, you know, let's say influencers pulling together and getting back into the card market. Now, like you said earlier, you know, tide helps all boats rise. So, is there is there a reason or not a reason, but should we be looking for the backside of that when, you know, those guys are no longer, you know, involved with cards or not kind of like it was their 15 minute flash in the pan, not like a Steve Ioki who's got his own business surrounding card shops and breaks around that. But, you know, should we be looking for the, we're going to kind of get away from the influencer path and go back to the, you know, the Instagram gar- guys, the card collector twos, the Sasha's, the, the people you see on YouTube all the time. Uh, Pokemon, Leon Hart, that, that guy. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, really oh, nice yeah. guy. Uh, open stuff with passion. He made me want to watch Pokemon video. I couldn't yeah. stand Like when my brother collected that as a kid, I was like, what are you doing? That's fantasy crap. You know, so I. I hey, you watch your tone, Jerry. I know. I know. 
he's probably like, oh yeah, really? Well, you're the guy that's on this stupid thing saying you, you got your. So yeah, how it comes full circle is amazing. But like this guy got me into it because he's really cool about it. Uh, I'll, to that point, um, 2005, uh, HD TV was really becoming like the main thing, right? And um, my first job out of college was I worked at an electronics and furniture store and they had, I, I would sell like the TVs. If you ever seen the movie, the 40 year old virgin where like the TV sales guys like, whoa, that's like, that was me. I was selling high definition TVs at like the best time to sell TVs from when they went black and white to color. And we had to put something on all the TVs to show off their high definition. And there was only like two HD channels. There was a channel called HD net that Mark Cuban started. And then there was Discovery HD. And on Discovery HD, like two, three days a week, were the Mecham Auto Auctions. And the Mecham Auto Auctions, they would be selling these old muscle cars. And they would have the Super B car. And they would have all these different muscle cars. And some of the prices that these things were going for in 2005, this is 16 years ago, would not 70, 80 grand, like 200,000, 300,000 for a perfectly restored 1962 muscle blah 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 i went back and watched some of those old videos and i looked at what the cars sold for then and what they're selling for now and that same car that sold for two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars now then sells like 90 grand now and i thought to myself well wait a minute all the guys that were buying those cars were 65 years old they were freshly retired. They had money in their pocket. They wanted to really relive the time that they owned one of those as a 21-year-old. And they, again, were 65, 66 years old. Now that same person is either 81 years old or dead. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. One of the two. And that person isn't around anymore to appreciate what that car was. Was it great? Sure. But none of us three on this call knows what those were because they didn't exist when we were around. Fast forward to the card market. Like, how's that relate? I'm 40. I have a full-time job. I can afford to buy some stuff. So I'm going to do it. And I'm not alone. There's a lot of me. There's a lot of Caleb's. There's a lot of Neil's. We can all afford to buy this stuff because when we were kids, we collected it because our parents threw them all away. And they're like, oh, you know what those be worth now? So none of us threw anything away. We kept our 1990 Ken Griffey Jr. But here's the problem. Every kid on the block had one. And there was no internet. So we went by a book. BGS said what this is worth. And by golly, that wasn't the Bible. There was like the Bible and Beckett. And I subscribed to Beckett. I would get Beckett subscriptions for Christmas. I'd go up and down every month that I'd get the new one. I don't know how I entertain myself. These kids now, you just hand them an iPad. I got a 10 and a four-year-old. I, I don't know how the hell I did it. I got a, I got a new thing once a month. It was a magazine with black and white pages. So you, so my point is you had all these, these, these prices of what stuff went for. And every one of us kids saved it because our dad's parent, mom threw the stuff in the trash. And if you had only kept that mantle maze, but problem is now all that was junk because they mass produced it in the eighties and nineties. And you can buy PSA 10 Ken Griffey Jr. 19 for 60 bucks. And I'm thinking, what happened here? Well, then the card companies got smart. Let's make limited stuff. Let's do that. And now we can all afford to collect it. Where will this, 
market be in 10, 15 years from now when I'm 55, 60 and I am about to retire and I'm like, I want to go to Italy. I don't want, I don't want to look at cards and buy and sell these things. I don't want to go to Dallas because that's my highlight to go to a show. I don't want to go to the national in Chicago and go to that cesspool of humanity at the Donald J. Stevens convention center. The people are nice. It was just the most crowded thing on earth at that. If any of you were there. Yeah, we were there. Okay. We were there. Okay. That Wednesday, Neil, when I saw you, I was like, this is a Saturday crowd and this is the preview day. That's great. Where will it be in 15, 20 years when our kids are older and we can go explore and we don't have to be home and the kids don't have school the next day. And yep, I want to go do stuff. I, I don't know that I'll have the same love and I don't think I'll be alone. And I think the long-term value of the hobby will boil down more to the Tom Brady's of today or, you know, the Mike Trout's of today or in basketball, of course, you know, the, Lake the, the LeBron's or my guy. Um, Yannis. Yeah. Who, by the Yannis. way, at the media day said, are you satisfied with the win? He goes, nope. Kobe wasn't satisfied with one. Michael, I mean, his attitude is like awesome. So just shout out to my guy, Giannis. So Bucks in six. Bucks in six. Got it. Bucks, Bucks in six. Uh, Going to be tough. I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent. So to stay on track. I don't know if that answered it, but I think the future is unknown and we'll see the difference between the car thing though, is if I bought one of those cars is I, I bought it to drive it or I bought it to put it in my, I can't, I got a three car, four car, two car garage. I can't put eight cars in the, in the garage. I can stack cards for days. So it's really oh, yeah. easy to, to put value in a vault. I get what PWCC is doing to put value in my closet behind me. That's, that's where the Tom Brady is right there, Neil. It's safely away. Oh, you have? Florida. You still have it? It has no lock on it. Yeah, it's sitting right, right there. I didn't know where you kept it. It's right, right there. It's, it's right next to the dog bowl. Don't worry about it. You just, yeah, I just, I just, high insurance. Don't worry. High insurance, <laughs> homeowner. It's, like, it's, like, it's like Chris's Super Bowl ring. It's right next to the garage door. I'm like, why do you keep your Super Bowl ring there, bro? Yeah. Like, you won this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, this brings me to a good point. That we're talking about kind of longevity. How do you feel about this fanatics news? And, and did you see the article that came out four or five days ago about what their plans are? Uh, refresh me on the plans, but so I can give you a little information. So I, I brought up both articles, one on uh, Wall Street Journal, the other one on Yahoo. But basically, just the, the quick synopsis, they're planning on making fanatics a one-stop shop where you can buy you can sell distribute and grade your cards because the one of the lead visionaries not not um who's the guy for StockX? josh luber. josh luber yeah not not luber but the other guy is partnered with the parent company of csg the grading company and they're they they talked about being able to manufacture distribute the cards themselves without having to deal with middleman and then also incorporating the grading part and creating a, a whole platform for fanatics just to use 
So almost like taking away eBay as well. So they want to be the one-stop shop for everything trading cards. <clears throat> That's what I read. What are your thoughts on that? Or what have you heard else from Fanatics or from your side that makes you think about long-term? Uh, a lot. Um, you have... I know a lot about distribution. I have an account with the distributor that I've had for since 2013, so eight, seven, eight years. Um, I know a lot about brick and mortar. I'm a partner in one of the largest hobby shops in the in the Midwest and Brewtown Trading Company. Um, and I know about being a collector. I, this, I'm going to show in Dallas in October. That will be the second time in my life I set up at a show. I'm 40. Not, not counting flea markets and other, I'm talking, legit. I like to go as a collector. You saw me at the national, Neil, what was I doing? I was ripping open. You were ripping in the panini line. You were trying to get your, get yeah. your, your fun yeah. stuff. I, I go for fun. You know, too many, too many people might have an opinion. Oh, I just, he can make a doubt. There's the fun side. Otherwise I wouldn't, you got to have fun or else, you know, if, if I got mad every time I went thing. fishing and didn't catch fish, I wouldn't go fishing. I just, but I, <laughs> I don't. You got to enjoy it. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. The hobby. So what Fanatics is doing is 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 they're scaring a lot of people. They're scaring the breakers. Think of Platinum. Think of Layton. Think of the biggest breakers that are out there. They get their product from a distributor. They get allocated a certain amount at this price. They rebuy it at this price. And they don't care if they sell it at the rebuy price, because if you sell at the rebuy price, your allocations that you get down here will stay as long as when you rebuy product up here. You so they don't. If they do fifty million, that 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 doesn't mean they're 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 profiting that they're doing fine. I'm not no, nobody. No big breakers are missing any meals. Uh, but but all of a sudden now, wait a minute. The news came out that they took the tops license. Ah, well, that's okay. Panini is where you really get those logo men and the shields and all the products that they have. And that'll be okay. And then next minute they go, they've got the NBA and the NFL. <laughs> what? What is the, you know, what happened here? So here's the one thing that Fanatics does exceptionally well, probably better than anything else that they do. When my Bucks won the title on July 20th. The next day, I could go into a Dick's Sporting Goods or a Kohl's department store. I don't know if there's Kohl's department stores by you guys, but uh, they were founded in Menominee Falls, Wisconsin. So they're, they're the, 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 the original owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Herb Cole. Kohl's. That's the guy. Bucks NBA champions. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the whole thing. It was all right there the next day. Why? How? Distribution. They have massive distribution. Fanatics has distribution down to a T. So if you want to buy it, if you want to grade it, if you want to list it on their site, if you want to do all those types of things, yeah, we can handle that. It's no problem because just like I could go buy my Bucks NBA championship shirt the morning after the night that they won the title, that stuff was sitting there a day or two early mm -hmm. because Fanatics knows where to distribute it and go out throughout the country. And then when they when the when the uh, Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, 
the first commercial you saw after they went to break. The Buccaneers are the Super Bowl. Buy your Fanatics gear now at fanatics.com. You can have your Buccaneers Super Bowl 50-whatever championship hat in a day or two later. And you'll be walking around that office on Tuesday morning with your with your Buccaneers. Like, how'd you get – you you live in Miami. They were Tampa. You live in California. How'd you get the Fanatics, man? It's went online. Boom, boom, boom. It got there. No problem. So there's many people in this industry that were very smart and saw this, told people in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, hey, Players Association, instead of you getting, like, pay a check for this, why don't we cut you in on the profits? Why don't you become an owner? We'll distribute it. We already have the license. You already trust us to distribute your T-shirts, your socks, your ties, your everything with your team logos on it. We'll just get the, straps. We'll just get the sports card license. And it was so convincing that this small little baseball card company that's only been making baseball cards for 70 years, MLB said, Rob Manfred, who's, in my opinion, a moron, but okay. Someone, Tony Clark, Players Association, let's do it. Well, now if you've got MLB in your corner and they're just going to kick tops of the curb like they never even existed, well, what's Panini? <laughs> if Tops has the legacy with MLB and they got it, Panini had to look at that and be like, oh, crap. Yeah. And I'm not going to use stronger four-letter words. We like to have our youth watch. But it's just like, <laughs> what are we going to do now? So um, I've I've happened to, to, to get to know uh, Josh Luber. He, I was... Uh, at the national and in Dallas back in May. And he said to buy some, he would show me like some Simpsons, like original, you know, Stan Lee, like art card type stuff. Not, um, no, no, Matt, who is the, who Matt drew groaning. groaning uh, Stanley was um, Spider-Man and stuff. Yep. He'd show me some of those art cards. And he's like, you want something different? Like get into this stuff here. Um, and he, he's, he's really creative that way. He's no longer the CEO of StockX, but he of course helped, Find, you know, find the company and you see the videos he's done with shoes with Eminem and bringing on Dan Gilbert to get things going over there. So he's very well connected, but super humble guy. Uh, done a couple deals with him um, and consider him uh, a pretty cool guy that I can, you know, get in touch with from time to time. Um, I'd be lying if I didn't try to bend his ear a little bit on things. And um, he straight up told me, honestly, he's like, we're working on it. I don't, I don't even know what this, you know, what this, what this means. I mean, imagine if someone just like, okay, Caleb, you're now responsible for NBA, MLB and NFL. We're going to hand you the license, make it work. And you're like, this is great. Oh my God. I don't know what to do now. Yeah, so <laughs> what do I do now? That's, that's, that's a little bit of what happened here. If I were to tell you that fanatics in a matter of three days would acquire the licenses and the rights, and they couldn't have dreamed it up any better. You ever see when a pitcher like throws a pitch across home plate and the announcer goes, he couldn't have walked it across anybody. Like they couldn't have, they couldn't have planned it to go this well so quickly. This is the ultimate blitzkrieg. You talk about world war two. It's like, how do we take over a small country? We just take them. We, we hit them from all sides. I don't even see it coming. So they just go yep. white flag. Okay. That, that, that's, that's, it worked. It, it worked well. Uh, kudos to them as someone that, has distribution someone that's a partner in a hobby shop i'm a little like but then on the other side i say enjoy the ride 
make the hay while you can. And maybe, who knows, maybe fanatics will make products that people get behind. Will it be called, will it be called fanatics prism? Will they buy tops or will it be called fanatics stellar superstar? And that's their prism version. Or will it be called fanatics crystal? Yeah. I should put a, Copyright on Fanatics Crystal. I think that sounds good. Anyway, <laughs> it's I, I don't I don't know what it's going to be. And 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 my I feel knowledge like it'd on be smart. Say what? I said I feel like it'd be smart just with how much money Fanatics has. Like, and if and if you're Josh Luber and you're the visionary, like, go go out and pay these people who work for Tops and work for Panini, and have them make new products and have them come work for you because there's no one else who understands the market and the industry better than those people who are already in it. So why not? I mean, why not bring them on, bring everybody on, bring tops, bring Panini on be like, all right, you guys come work for us. Yeah. That's what Walt Disney did. Now we got to own everything. Yeah. He got a bunch of people that like to draw the, the, the guys that did the, uh, the comics in the Sunday newspapers. He's like, Hey, I need you to draw that image. And then draw the same image, and then the same image, and the same image over and over again. And we're going to make a cartoon. And then after the, if the cartoon does well, uh, we're going to make like a movie, and we'll call it Snow White, or we'll call it Pinocchio. And it worked. And he just grabbed these people, and they're like, "Yeah." Okay. So they were the talent. He just went and got the talent. Yep. And he brought it in. Easy. Like, we're going to go buy the talent. Yeah, and he yeah. did okay for himself. So yeah, I, I hope Fanatics leans on. Besides distribution, I ain't going to tell you how to ship anything. I mean, I'd maybe go see Jeff Bezos on distribution. That's the only guy that would be like above where I would think there would be any type of thing to learn from Fanatics on distribution. For all we know, Amazon could be helping Fanatics already uh, with distribution. Doesn't Fanatics, doesn't Fanatics stuff also go through Amazon right now too? Probably. Probably. This stuff, yeah. So you're going to, I'm going to buy a box of cards. It's going to be at my door like in four hours like I'm amazon fine i'm fine with that <laughs> amazon prime delivery here's your right? box of prison right? right like and that's why the lcs you know people will come to an lcs they'll pay a little bit more for the box because i just got paid i had a long day at work and i need a fix boom it's right there i don't have to go to ebay i don't have to go to some website i don't have to order it even next day is like i want to do it tomorrow i could be in a better mood i get a good night's sleep i'd be fine tomorrow i want to do it right now if i can have something in like four hours I'd probably just be like, mm, I don't even know if I need to go. Now, don't get me wrong. Going to your shop is cool because you get to talk with the people that work there. But like, yeah, four hours, shoot. Bring it on. Yeah, the LC, I don't see the LCS necessarily having an issue because they'll buy products. They'll buy cards. They'll still be able to do that whole, you know, hustle. But like, like you said, I mean, if you can have a box of Prism shipped to you in four hours and you can open it, it's like. You could you could order that. You could get paid on Friday. Order that at work. Have it at your door by the time you got home. Right, but how does that LCS get the product at this price and not the same price that it's being offered for on the Fanatics site? If the well, LCS they could just buy, they could just buy it to just like just to have product just for some people who can't buy the product at the time, or you know you you just stick to singles and buying cards because people still want to sell cards people still want to sell singles they still need for dollar boxes and people still like the daily grind of that stuff too yeah that that works that works in a collective environment like a card show 
I don't know if a long-term plan for just a, a, a brick and mortar shop would work to only have cards and not. No, no, I, no, I'm not saying only, but I, but I think that part will always stay alive. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how, how yeah. the wax is going to work. I, I hope you're right. I also think there's a soft spot in fanatics heart. Or I'd like to think so for that local card shop, that brick and mortar, like, okay, <clears throat> that's old school. But then yeah. again, Finax is like, we could totally do this better than Tops, and MLB's like, who's Tops? Yeah, let's do it. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it goes. So, Jared, do you think? Because now you know, I'm thinking about distribution, this and that. Is the retail market dead, and is it going to be completely hobby, or That's are we going to? Point. Are we going to go back to you know people camping out? Because you know, I haven't seen cards at Walmart's, Targets, whatever about a year now. So is, do you think the thought is going to be, you know, because of this, because of, you know, people fighting and robbing and shooting each other over this stupid stuff that we're going to go completely to hobby style cards. I have a good friend who owns a restaurant out here. His name is Nick and Nick is a restaurant owner. Doesn't have to work. Nick typically early in the morning because his restaurant is open like four to close. So he's an evening guy. So every morning he would get up and go to the target, not at eight, but when they opened at six, like every day. And there was a big snowstorm last January. I mean, everything was shut down. We had a foot of snow. He calls me up. He's like, Hey, you should come to the target. Nobody's here. Target's like a half a mile from my house. Okay, drove down there. By the time I got there, there was like three or four other people, but there wasn't a hundred. And all of a sudden, like there's there's prism blasters everywhere of 2020 NFL prism and stuff like that. And we're all loading up the cart, and these other guys are like, What are you gonna sell yours for? What are you gonna sell yours for? What do you think we can get? What are they going for on eBay? Where are they going? Nick and I are looking at you, like, we're ripping all this. What are you talking about? This is fun. This one, we're paying $20 for a blaster at 2020 Prism. We can pull some Herbert and Hertz and Burrow and maybe get them graded. Like, what? We're not, we're just gonna, we're just gonna rip all these things. We're not in it to, to, and then like you hear the stories, Caleb, about the shootings and stuff. And it's like, oh, these people aren't just taking what's a good deal and, and ripping it. They're buying it all to, to, to resell. And I'll be honest, that actually took my dumb self a minute to realize that they'd be reselling it. I resell sealed wax for like part of my living. I'm all for resell. I didn't know at like a retail, like if you could buy something for 20 bucks, that reselling it for 150 was something you do. I just like, I just, if you're going to get it for 20, why wouldn't you just rip? But anyways, um, now our local target has a sign where you have to go to the customer service and then, and I, I don't do this, but this is what Nick tells me. And then the customer service Whatever they have, you can get one of that skew. So if they have a mosaic soccer hanger box and they've got six of them, you get one. And if they have whatever this box, you get one of, and 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 that's that. But Target as a company, Walmart as a company, they won't put up with any of this. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't say, we don't want to see this product ever again. Do you think not having the cards is going to affect Walmart's bottom line? No. no. No, but do they need the headaches? They already have enough headaches. They already have enough issues. Yeah, they can't Google find people, people at Walmart and click images. You want to look away. 
Like if there's, they already have enough. Issues. They don't want to have more of these issues. I cannot believe that these stores moved them over. Maybe it's because the local distributors of these products have have contracts that like, look, guys, we have a contract with you. I got this is what I do for a living. I distribute the cards to 14 local targets. I got a I got a wife. You can't just stop. So it's OK. Let's put them over here and let's slow this way down. As far as the future goes, no, Fanatics could take all that. Could take all of that. Um. Target and Target isn't gonna be like the Rams leaving St. Louis, Neil. I will see ya. I don't. I, it didn't bother I me none. It didn't. It didn't bother St. Didn't bother the St. Louis residents. They were, no, they were fine. I think if cards left Target and Walmart, you think Walmart be like they'd announce at their shareholders meeting? Oh, we've got bad news, guys. We don't. <laughs> we, yeah, you 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 know how right. You know how we, we can't had get a those 12 setting, retail yeah. blasters anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know how we had a record setting 2020 with COVID and we sold more groceries than most grocery stores do? Uh, yeah. We're not going to carry cards anymore. Yeah. That'll really send the stock price. price <laughs> exactly. No, I wouldn't be surprised if the days were numbered on the, on the, on the, on the retail, on the retail side of cards. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard about distribution channels changing to where, retail would just be truly like an online kind of like the way panini does it and you just kind of retail just goes that way and they just they do it or they just just the way they distribute it is they're like a great target online you can only buy online you can't get it in the store or walmart you only get it online it's only available this day yeah and tops does their tops now and they did a great job with that and then panini did like a panini instant and then yep. panini's like why don't we just make more of this stuff and call it first off the line and yep. uh, that did really well. I'm still surprised Tops doesn't have a model like that where they have their own first off the line premium editions. Like, pre yeah, right. I mean, where you can just buy it online. And then when they started with the first off the line, a box of NT was $500 and it would sell out in like two seconds. And after about maybe a year of doing it that way, they're like, what are we doing? Let's just Dutch auction this thing and start the boxes at 20 grand and go down until they sell. Then we know we got all the money out of the market that's possible on this. And we that's have right. on the maximizing on the table. That's why it is kind of though, you know, upsetting when you know they really said that they would try to have a, a, a Panini VIP party in which these parties is you know, you buy your way in, but then you get packs and all this cool stuff. And it's kind of like how Panini gives back. And in a year that they broke all sorts of sales records, I know they had logistical issues. Um, but for them to not have a, a Panini VIP party in a year that, wh what did Paninis do from a card sale standpoint in 2020 or 2021? It it was insane, um, and that was that was a little upsetting to see them not at least. Did you end up going to that industry stomach, or did you realize when P when Panini wasn't going to do the VIP that you were like, I'm yeah? Not so when yeah, so when Panini when we heard they weren't going to do it, um, I decided not to go. Uh, the full time. Uh, the full-time guy we have at, at Brewtown Trading, uh, his name's Rory. Uh, he works, I mean, he's at the shop 50 hours a week. Um, he went, and one of our other partners uh, went to it. And I asked him point blank, how was it? He's like, eh. Brian Gray said something in interesting. Uh, Brian Gray, of course, the CEO of Leaf. Um, very passionate about what he does. I've met him a couple times. Um, I don't care if you don't like licensed stuff. He puts everything he has into his cards. His Leaf Pearl products are beautiful. 
his transcendent his his uh the, the product that they make with their you know leaf ultimate hockey and all I mean, it's they're gorgeous cards they just don't have licenses but he puts everything behind it um he's like you're either you either stick with it now or get out because it's gonna get it's gonna get bumpy that those were kind of his words not mine don't know what that don't know what that means but it makes for an entertaining future not i would say in the next two or three years but especially when panini does lose that license it's either going into 2026 or going into 2025 something like that they still own panini owns some of the contracts with soccer top still owns some of the contracts with soccer upper deck still owns hockey your hockey boys are hanging out. <laughs> They're hanging out. They're waiting. We're trying. We're holding on for dear life. Panini so, tried to make uh, Panini did make uh, National Treasures hockey. I thought it was gorgeous. I mean, they, oh yeah, 2013, 2014. I opened oh, a case of that. Yeah, it's, you did. Uh, Nathan McKinnon's rookie. McKinnon. Yeah, Nathan McKinnon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I a, have an RPA now of him. Thank God. You? Took me forever to get one, but the 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 the, the Bigfoot patch from the Avalanche. Uh, I remember seeing a couple of those. And yep. I, yeah, I think Panini makes would make great hockey cards. The the one thing I was upset to see with Fanatics was my hope that Panini would one day buy Upper Deck and Jordan and LeBron would make their triumphant return to basketball cards. I almost wish it didn't happen, only because it preserves how awesomely secular and hard it is to find Jordan and LeBron autos. Like I don't want to, I want to preserve the integrity of not having a lot of those. Around. I'll give you Jordan. The fact that I can't pull a player that's currently in the NBA playing is a little depressing. I'll give you Jordan. Jordan's, yeah, Jordan's done. Yeah, I, yeah, he's I guess playing so. every year. If they're gonna make new cards of him in new jerseys, why can't imagine? Imagine what the first card of LeBron in a Lakers uni that said Finals champion the year they won the finals with the Lakers. Wouldn't you think that's cool? I know. Oh, it would. Oh, 100%. I know you're an Akron boy by nature. I'm just saying. No, I'm not. I'm from Indianapolis. Actually. No, no, no. But like, I know. How do I say this? I know you were LeBron guy from day one. That's what I mean by Akron. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. From Akron, like that's yeah. That's it does. Guy. Yeah. No, they, it would be sick. I mean, they. I mean, even just the patches of, like, game used patches of LeBron, in a Lakers uniform, like, are, are. I mean, it's the Lakers. It's the greatest you know team in history. Yeah. And to have like a rook or have like a LeBron patch auto would be sick, but I don't know. I just, I, 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 like get, your, I get your point. Cleveland. I'm just saying, like, you know, free LeBron and you can keep MJ, I guess, because you're right. MJ has signed a bunch back in his day, and there's still MJ autos out there. I can go buy an MJ auto in a Bulls uniform or North Carolina uniform tonight if I wanted to. I'd pay a pretty penny, but they're available. You're right. It would just be cool to pull one of the greatest players to ever play basketball it's auto maybe they maybe panini can't afford it <laughs> i know they've made a run i mean you, you've got to i'm think sure they did and i'm sure lebron was like i still have more money than you and lebron and jordan are both part owners of upper deck am i wrong i think you're right on that as well yeah but yeah i don't know it would be cool but i don't know i love my lebron rookie autos so can't complain about that for sure that's for sure well jared thank you for coming on um we appreciate it we've gone probably a little too long my wife's probably a little bit mad at me that i'm not 
in bed yet as well. And I'm probably, she's probably mad that I almost haven't, woke up Kale a few times. You haven't today. taken care of your child yet. <laughs> hey, I put I, him to bed tonight. Hey, I, I still got a couple more months. I, I still got a couple more months till I need to worry about all that. <laughs> oh, right. you're, you're expecting? Well, congratulations in advance there. Thank you. Um, yeah. How uh, is this uh, number one? And uh, can you divulge a uh, boy or girl? Yep. Yes. This is number one. Um, it will be a baby boy. Okay. My first That's was right. a boy. He's now 10. Um, it's awesome. Uh, but it, uh, you know, just keep doing these late night podcasts. You'll get used to being up all night anyway. So there'll, <laughs> there'll be no problem. We'll just yeah, hear the intro. Right. Doesn't change for me. In the background. Uh, quick. Quick question, uh, but yeah, thank you both for having me. I'd love to do it again. I kind of like, I saw Neil get this going, and I sheepishly was like, "Can your boy get on this? Can your boy get on the show?" So, uh, fan of you guys, uh, fan of Neil. I always like Neil's kind of even keel approach on stuff. Uh, you have a very, you have a a, a, a a very great perspective that I that I lean on heavily. There are times you'll send me. A text that say, "Hey, I'm working on a trade of X, Y, Z." I'm like, "Yeah, just go work it, man." Like, <laughs> I want to hear what happens because I trust that you're gonna like do it, do it well. And I know you respect me. Like, should I do this or that? I'm like, whatever you come up with is really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so go for. It. I appreciate that. Um, but real quick, I know we're all you know fans of 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 the sports, and the NFL has has gotten going, and 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 baseball playoffs are about to start. But uh, it is October. And uh, I, I get these countdowns every day on my on my social webs for uh, like it's 15 days from October 19th, where the Bucks raised their first championship banner in 15 years. And everybody, I think the big the big teams, the the Lakers, the Nets, they saw the Bucks do that. And they're like, all right, we're winning it all this year. What's your guys' thoughts on the NBA? Um, I, I'll give mine really briefly, I think, if. If the Nets stay healthy, that it's going to be tough because hard. They if they don't win one, that'll be looked at as a big failure. That will forever like blanket Kevin Durant's. Like he couldn't win one with OKC. He had to go, and then he couldn't do it with the Net. Like they are going to be all into it. Harden's never done it. Harden knows his legacy is completely like he's just a score if he doesn't. And I give Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie help. LeBron win one. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think that's the team uh, to beat. I, I I like my Bucks, but I'm just a, a fan of them. And then of course, uh, I think the Warriors will be pretty good too. Just getting you know Clay back and kind of having getting that Splash Brothers thing going again. Um, you know, you, you can guard a guy trying to post you up. You can't guard Steph Curry flipping up threes that go in. You're like, what do you do? If they go in, they go in. And then the Lakers bringing back like the entire 2010 All Star team on their roster. This is like. Gary Payton, Carl Malone, <laughs> all over again when they were on the Lakers. Like, what is this? They've got DeAndre Jordan now and mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook, who's great, but on the back half of his career. Dwight um, Howard. Dwight, Dwight, Dwight Howard's back with the Lakers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. At their media day. Rajon Rondo. At the media oh, no. day, they had Dwight Howard and um, DeAndre Jordan standing there, and Dwight's like, Who's going to score in the paint on us? And I'm like watching the video on my phone and I literally talk back to him. I go, anybody that has quickness. And then I just, I like, <laughs> I went back to watching them because it's like Dwight Howard down to, like, seriously, these guys are going to, 
like run with today's and like Trey Young's going to run circles around your butt. But I, I need the Pacers to call Reggie Miller and Rick Smiths and Mark Jackson <laughs> and Jermaine O'Neal and come on, be relevant again, boys. Your your Pacers have uh, my my boy Drew's brother. Uh, I was mad. We were all mad when the Bucks got rid of Malcolm Brogdon, but Brogdon can't do it himself. He's a nice little player. You just Demontis Sabonis is the best player on that team. Yeah, the Pacers team. The, the problem with the Pacers is they don't, you know, they don't build a great team. They don't put the right pieces together. They think one guy's going to work, and then it may work for a season, and then he gets disgruntled, and he's like, you know what, this team sucks. I want There's out. Where the Bucks were pre Giannis, and that's mediocrity. That's just like good enough to make the playoffs, but not good enough to contend. And it's just, yeah. it's kind of that you either have to just tear it down, which I think the Pacers are close to doing. They rely should. on getting a high draft pick and and kind of going from there. Keep getting those Gogo Batiste picks, boys. Keep going. We'll make it's it one basketball day. mecca, man. Indiana is a basketball mecca. I, it's, it is. It, it is the greatest basketball state in the United States from just the ground up. Um, it's a shame their top level team isn't a, a Reggie Miller type competitive. Doesn't even have a Reggie Miller statue. Nope. That's that's mind blowing. What's the qual? We should do this on a separate podcast. What's the qualifications of having a statue in front of the in front of the arena that you play in? Well, we already talked about this. Giannis should have a statue of himself in front of the arena. Oh, I totally agree. The, the, will there be a Giannis while statue? While he's playing, will there be a, a Giannis statue? Hundred percent. While he's playing, yes, yes. Why not? Bro, literally said, "Okay, uh, I'm going to resign with you guys." Uh, no one ever resigns with the Bucks. Okay, <laughs> no one does. I'm gonna I'm gonna resign. Am I, am I going to make as much money in, in endorsements as I would in New York or L.A. or Miami or Chicago? Not even close. No. No, I'm going to give all that up, and I'm going to do what I came here to finish. I'm going to win the title. And then he just goes out and does it that year. He signed, like, never happens here. Yeah, put the statue up. Bronze that sucker right now. I, yep. I'm all, I'm all for it. But, um, I, think, I think NBA, um, by, a little bit biased here, but. Lakers is as old as they are. They will be a tough team to beat. It's hard to beat that playoff experience. Yeah, Westbrook. And they got some players. They got yeah, some players who can shoot and run. Westbrook scares me a little bit. Um, that said, like if I'm guarding Westbrook, I'm gonna go ahead shoot. I'm gonna back down, but that doesn't mean you're as fast as him. He's as quick as can be. No, um, he could still drive to the hole with. Right, he's gonna flash. speed that team up. They just looked slow last year. Mm-hmm. Um. Imagine if you've got what Russell Westbrook breaking things down and then LeBron and AD back cutting and yeah. Well, and you got player like Kendrick Nunn who before he got COVID in March was was a really good player. I mean, he was in the running for rookie of the year and then he got COVID. He just he was never the same player. He started to get back into it. But he's talented. Mm-hmm. He's a very talented player. I think he fits within the system. The Lakers are going to go like five and five in their first 10 games, just figuring, and then they'll win 10 in a row. Oh, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like they're going to have chemistry and rotation issues all over the place at first. And you're going to have the people talking. You're going to have the Stephen A's. Is this going to work? Is it, it just, it takes, the Bucks lost five or six in a row at the beginning of the year last year. It just, it takes time to get the chemistry down. These yeah. guys can all ball. But yeah. if Westbrook and LeBron and Anthony Davis lose 121 
to 118 to the to the Pelicans, people are going to blow them up, and that they'll be fine. You're right. I just, oh, and I forgot Mello. He can still shoot that ball. It's one of the quickest releases. It, it and it goes in just enough to to matter. He's going to get looks. Yep. He's going to be wide He's open. Get a lot. Plenty of looks now. He's going to get wide open a lot. Right. Yeah. I, I like my Lakers. I think they're better than the Nets. And I, I will root wholeheartedly for Kevin Durant to falter because I hate that guy. Oh, yeah. In the he Eastern Conference so Finals. soft-minded. There was a map of the Eastern Conference Final, and not the final, the, the, the whatever that was, the semis of the United States, who you're voting for. And it was like New Jersey had Brooklyn. The, the New York, the state of New York was was Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Blues. <laughs> I don't know if the map was skewed, but it was one state <laughs> for like no, because everybody just didn't want like, you know, it's like if you vote politically and your candidates, you know, no good, but you're like, well, I can't vote for the other person, so yeah, yeah. I'll vote here. Yeah, yeah. But thanks again, Jared, for coming on, spending time. We'll definitely have you back on um, if you want to shamelessly plug, you know, your social, your brick and mortar, where they can find you. Yeah, I, thank you. No, that's very kind. If someone watched it this far. Uh, that's that's amazing. But if uh, my Instagram um, is my name, Jared Yuhan, it's J-A-R-E-D-U-H-A-N. So didn't really come up with a clever name yet. Uh, and um, my Facebook is just my family. So you can see my lovely wife and kids, but that won't help you in the hobby. But go to the Instagram. I'd love a few more followers. And then, yeah, our um, our shop is a Brewtown Trading Company. If you're ever in the Milwaukee area, it's the one to go to. If you're ever just bored and want to see some amazing hits, go to our Facebook page, Bruton Trading Co. Just scroll. It's just, it's amazing. We have a lot of fun stuff that we do there. So that's that. So cool. Also, thanks again to our uh, sponsors, Slab Savers, protectyourslabs.com, Prospect Cards, www.prospect.cards, and Graded Card Solutions, gradedslabs.com. So until next time, we'll have another podcast next week it'll probably be our last one for a week or so so tune in remember follow us on our social media pages facebook twitter instagram we're we got our own youtube page we're live on spotify so our spotify we're always download and listen if you can't watch us live you can listen to us in the car and uh send us some questions we always have you know the live feeds up so anytime anybody wants to tune in fire some questions at us let us hear them. So until next time, guys, appreciate you tuning in. Thank you.